Atonement, the central message of the Bible. It is the needed reconciliation between sinful mankind and the holy God. This reconciliation is possible only through the atoning sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Today we ride with Brother Ernie and explore atonement here on Truth Traveler. Hey, Truth Travelers, I'd like to speak with you a moment about another great opportunity to give. If you could save a life for only $28, would you? Preborn clinics offer free ultrasounds to expectant mothers to show them the truth about the human life growing within them. Preborn is a dedicated, nonprofit pro life organization that supports life affirming pregnancy clinics and their mission to reach women considering abortion, particularly in areas with high abortion rates. Your tax-deductible gift provides maternity clothes, baby clothes, diapers, and formula. More importantly, your sponsorship gives a young mother an opportunity to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Will you help save lives? Learn more at preborn.com. That's P-R-E-B-O-R-N.com. And once again, we are back with Brother Ernie. Good afternoon, Brother Ernie. How Praise you doing? the Lord, Brother Albert. God bless you, sir. <laughs> Good to, for you to be with me on Truth Traveler here. I'm, yes, glad to be back. I've been missing. Uh, I've been busy, busy, and been out of touch. But, uh, <laughs> when a man has a skill, they definitely uh, will use it. That's, that's for sure. So, um, You have presented this uh, topic we're going to talk about uh, a few weeks ago, and I've been interested in it ever since. Of course, it is you know a, a foundational principle of the Bible. Oh yes, uh, the atonement. The atonement. And, uh, I'm kind of excited to get in. Praise God. I'm fully expect to learn some stuff myself here. So, well, yeah, uh, certainly we always learn. I I learn. I've you know the scripture said that the husbandman that laboreth, in fact, must be the first partaker of the fruit. Um, so I shall have, have learned something in the process of bringing it, <laughs> and I have. Uh, but uh, let me, uh, are you ready to start here this morning? Yes. Praise God. Well, we're traveling again uh, today, the truth in truth, on the journey that truth takes us on. Uh, truth is behind the wheel again. Mm -hmm. We hope and pray the Spirit of God, which is the Holy Ghost, Make no mistake about that, uh, that when you see the Spirit, you're talking about the Holy Ghost, uh, yes. which is the Holy Ghost, which is doing the steering, I hope, today. <laughs> <laughs> and love is in the cab with us, Brother Albert. Yes. I love yes. you. I appreciate you. I've loved you and appreciate, uh, appreciate you. You've been my love. Sunday school teacher years and decades well, ago. Well, and, uh, <laughs> that's... Yeah, I remember. I, I don't remember any trouble with you, so. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good thing. <laughs> okay. Unlike uh, my... Uh, um, I, you know, my second cousin, uh, brother, um, oh, I'm having trouble with names now. That's one of my, um, second weakness. Cousin. Yes. Yeah. Uh, brother, um, oh, I'll have to edit that out. I can't even remember. Richard Pierce. Oh, okay. He was one, uh, back in the day and, uh, he's, you know, has his share of interesting stories about when <laughs> I was a kid growing up in Sunday school. <laughs> Wasn't always the star people. Well, so all of us have got things certainly could be said. But we hope, too, that uh, 
I guess in this journey, Brother Albert, that we've got a cargo of listeners. Uh, yes. Who want to love the Lord. Yes. Who want yes. to love him. Uh, now, this is not, you know, and I thought about this earlier. We don't do a tucked in, real tucked in and and a comprehensive Bible study when we do these little podcasts. We right. talk, we we touch down on some scriptures, and we try to bring precepts, and, and that's what we do. But it is not, and it, nor does it take the place of what a pastor in your church might uh, do. Right, right. We want to make that clear. You need a pastor, friend, if you're on the journey of truth. And you need teachers if you're in a church that's got a good pastor who loves the truth. You're probably got good teachers there, and, and you need those. You need the evangelist. You need all this, which Paul tells us is actually a five-fold ministry with the addition of uh, evangelists and pastors and teachers and prophets and apostles. Mm -hmm. So we don't take the place of that, nor, again, is this a really uh, comprehensive Bible study today, although we are talking about what I believe is perhaps the single most holy thing in the Holy Scripture, and that is blood atonement. Blood atonement. If you look uh, at that word, and of course it's a biblical word, it's a biblical concept. We'll hopefully get to some of that. But that very word, I had a friend call me last night, and we talked a little bit about something uh, on that word, that word actually, when you break it apart, says at one meant. I was thinking about that. At day. one yes. meant with God. <laughs> Brings you very, very close. But uh, mm -hmm. I don't, uh, I, I thought too, as we prepared, uh, what, what would the prophets and what would the apostles and what would the disciples and the centuries that are past, Brother Albert, what would they have to say about the privilege that we have, you and I, wow, yes. and thousands, thousands of others who use podcasts mm -hmm. to bring something forward. What would they say about it? Would they, I don't think there'd be any objection as long as, again, as truth is, 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 is at the steering wheel, right. that the Holy Ghost is leading, and that we are being guided into all truth, as Jesus said, when that spirit of truth had come. Mm -hmm. I don't think they'd have an objection, but have you ever thought about what a, <laughs> what a, what a difference uh, oh, yes. there is mm -hmm. now? And we have this privilege. We, we have it. We're making use of it again today. So I, uh, I think I'll ask you, uh, I tell you, if you'd allow me. <clears throat> Absolutely. Quite unusual. <laughs> but <laughs> let me uh, let me sing something that I think is appropriate. Mm -hmm. uh, he was wounded for our transgressions. Yes. He was wounded. For our iniquity, surely he bore all our sorrow, and with his stripes we are healed. Amen. Amen. That's an old anthem mm -hmm. about the suffering Savior that I hope the church, I would get down and I would beg the church to never lose those that 
put your soul in touch with the suffering of the Savior. Yes. Uh, because when we talk about the blood, we're talking about extreme suffering, uh, that he gave himself willingly. Men did not take him. Right. He offered himself. That very clear. Um, so let's start today, brother, with uh, 1 John 1, verse 9. 1 John 1, verse 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. Amen. A popular scripture. Everything. Yes, it is. <laughs> Every, I want to touch on something here that's fundamental to even and a precursor to any discussion about the offering of the blood of Jesus Christ. And that simply is this strange-looking justice system that's mentioned in that scripture. Would you read it again? Mm -hmm. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just. And just. To forgive us our sins. And though I ask this question uh, for everyone to, to to apprehend, what kind of justice is that? Right. We think of justice, we think of punishment. <laughs> the punishment must be served. Yes, time. sir. You, yes. you caught my point exactly. Uh, this is the justice system that lets sinners go free with forgiveness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So everything, every cause, every purpose, every intent and every word, every thought and every motion really will come into justice in time. Mm -hmm. The real important question is simply the most crucial thing is this, uh, that every soul has to engage in is, will this justice take place for me with mercy? The Holy Ghost is already in here today, mm. Brother Halbert. Or will it take place without mercy? Uh, he is faithful and just. What is this justice system that he's prevailing upon by which he, who is the administrator of law and justice, yes. uh, offer a way that we could escape punishment? <laughs> and it's going to take us into a little discussion about the blood. Mm -hmm. Praise God. So when we think about justice, as you said, I mean, it's harsh. You often think about it being harsh. It's hard sometimes. We, Hopefully, it has no respect of persons, and uh, it doesn't have any respect of wealth or fame or standing or position. Those things mean nothing to right. justice. But this is true unless there is something placed between me and justice. There, unless something is placed there that is so powerful and so meaningful as to be able to turn away wrath and anger with sin, which is justifiable. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he said, the soul that sinneth, it shall die. Shall die. Yes. It's, uh, it's right there at the very beginning. So we talk about the blood and the atonement, or again, that one, that being with one with God takes covenant relationship. And where we have in the past maybe been inflicted in the courtroom of justice, 
there has been found something sufficient to afford mercy to us instead. Mm -hmm. And from Leviticus chapter 17, if you will, I'll have you read again your... Chapter 17, verse 11 of Leviticus. You kind of got that radio announcer's voice. (laughs) (laughs) I wish it was better. For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. There's that word, atonement. Yes, sir. For it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul. Now, friend traveling today, go back (laughs) later and look at this. There is so much here. This is uh, the fundamental precept. We mentioned this not long ago in 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 a service. The very foundational precept of blood atonement is in this verse. This does not move. It never changes. And to what degree the Hebrew at that time, I think Moses understood it, but to what degree others understood that he was not talking about the blood of animals. But in fact, he said, I have given it to you upon the altar. We know this because later in Hebrews, and we may get to that scripture, where I don't know how far we'll get today, but how that the blood of bulls and goats cannot take away sin, cannot atone. Right. So you see it's implied here that there's going to be blood offered that will. And so it is posted there in the law. And... Israel, perhaps they apprehended it. I do believe a great deal of them did. Mm -hmm. But there it stands. And so John 1 verse 9 is the provision for success when failure has occurred. Now, it is no permission to live near sin or in sin or with sin. It's no permission there for that. It is that provisional thing. And it interrupts justice. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We see some strange things sometimes in the Bible. We see Jesus being called a thief Mm -hmm. in one place. Mm -hmm. He'd come as a thief in the night. Mm -hmm. (laughs) As a thief in the night. We see some things. And and here, too, (laughs) he has uh, made a way. Praise God. That's interesting because this scripture on its surface is talking about the prohibition against eating of the blood. This yes. is a part of Jewish dietary laws. Yes. Yet, when you look at it in the sense that we have just covered it, it's it reminds me of a prophetic utterance. It is. For later on. Yeah. It certainly is. Yes. It is not only legal. Yes, it this, is prophetical. Is the whole that's <laughs> the law. The whole thing. Uh, the package <clears throat> is there, and that's why I say it's fundamental precept. There is nothing that stands over and above it with respect to how that blood atones for. Notice for the soul, the life of the flesh mm-hmm. is. He said is in, in the, the blood. blood. Yes, um, and it and I've given it to you to make atonement. For <laughs> and ironically, the life of the soul is also, in a sense, in the blood. There's no question about it. <laughs> There's no question about it. Wow. Uh, one uh, Old Testament uh, uh, person, I think perhaps in the Psalms, I'm not sure where this is, but he said, Unto thee, unto thou that hearest prayer, shall all flesh come. Hmm. Another New Testament verse says that, uh, that uh, talks about how that no flesh shall glory. Right, right. Uh, 
So it's available, it's, it's real, it's powerful, and it's, and it's eternal because this forgiveness is secured by the blood of the Lamb. Now, we uh, come to a point, I want to talk more, a little bit more about this justice, uh, this decision-making, not to the whims of thought, but upon law, upon legal things established in Levitical law. Um, we have a we have a visage actually to I I'm not sure I'm not sure if it comes from uh, American concept of uh, justice or whether it comes from European concept I'm not sure but it's a lady who has a blindfold on right and right. she holds a balance a finely tuned balance that supposedly depicting that whatever evidence is brought forth would go for, for, for instance, criminality, if that's what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. The evidence would be placed in one side. The, the contradiction or the defense then would give their defense, and in that defense may or may not be able to counterbalance that evidence. And so, but I, I view, I was praying about this earlier. I view this as that pendulum that's swinging in that balance. I view that pendulum swinging upon the offering of the blood. Because, uh, guilt is brought forth by evidence and we are certainly, certainly guilty. if we have understanding of our conscience, mm-hmm. and we're going to get there too, I hope, <laughs> <clears throat> then we know we have sinned, and we don't, you don't have to give me evidence, brother, of it. Right. I know it. Yes. But it, you see, it's in the balance, and uh, unless there's something in the other side of that balance that will let me escape the punishment of justice, then... I think you can see where we are. And again, this is that precious blood of the Lamb. Uh, I'm going to turn, let me get my Bible over here. I'm going to turn to uh, Psalm 60, verse 7. I uh, should have had that ready, uh, but we're pretty f- informal here again. This is not, <laughs> we're not fine. standing up in front of, and my goodness, didn't Brother... Our pastor do a job yes, about yes. the Word of God yesterday. Amen. Oh, praise God. Uh, I'm still rejoicing on that. Uh, Psalm 60, verse 7. Gilead, which is one of the sons, uh, and it became a tribe, of course, is mine, said the Lord, and Manasseh is mine. Ephraim also is the strength of mine head. Judah, he says, is my lawgiver. Hmm. So let's talk about justice, and let's talk about the etymology of what comes from this verse, I believe. Never seen this anywhere, but this is what I think. Uh, That Judah is the lawgiver. Look, Brother Albert, at how many words, which of course carry legal concepts, come from this word Judah. We have judge. Mm Mm-hmm. We have, of course, Jews. We have judgment. We have jury. We have, uh, did I say judgment, justice? We have justice. jurisprudence. Mm-hmm. Look at these legal 
terms and these legal things that pertain to the lawgiver. Hmm. Uh, it's fascinating to me how these things come through, how God has carried through the very, very important tenets of his word through every language into, of course, ours uh, and, and in others. So they, uh, they all speak of things with respect to judiciary, to judgment, which all, of course, gender to either both innocence, perhaps innocence, or guilt. But they come from this lawgiver. And uh, Moses, or uh, whoever it is that writes Hebrews, I have ideas on it, but they're not conclusive. Uh, whoever it is that writes says about, uh, about, about this, about Moses, uh, that the lawgiver is Jesus Christ. The grace giver mm. is Jesus Christ. Yes. But something has to happen between the two. Amen. Um, do I have another scripture there for you? Uh, yes, in Hebrews. He, in, uh, in what, what, what Hebrews was that? I 8 5. Yes, 8 5. Yes. Are you ready with this that? The shadow. Yes, yes, if you want to. Hebrews 8, verse 5 says, Who serve unto the example and shadow of heavenly things, as Moses was admonished of God when he was about to make the tabernacle. For see, saith he, that thou make all things according to the pattern shewed to thee in the mount. Yes. There's a caution here. He said... Well, let me back up a little bit. I, if you have ever read the uh, instructions in Exodus and Leviticus about the building of the tabernacle, the yes. details of the furnishings, very the structure, detailed. very detailed. they are very detailed, but they are very difficult to understand. Yes. I've been a builder all my life. <laughs> yes. I couldn't begin to take that text and build what? That's what the first thing was, my mind goes to is like, what did this really look like? You know, even just the Ark of the Covenant and the mercy seat, you know, it's like you've seen. What is this? You know, uh, there's been popular <laughs> representations in our culture and videos and, uh, you know, the movies and stuff. But you you wonder, what did it really look like? What yeah. did it really, you know, it, it would be something fascinating to you to travel through time or to visit that once. And It'd be very difficult to <clears> put it together, but Moses had an additional... Uh, blessing, an additional insight into it. He saw it. He was in showed the, the pattern. Yes, the that was shown to thee in the mount. He saw the pattern. With that, in combination with what was given to him, he built it and built it properly. The caution was, of course, to build it right. Um, Noah. If we speak to Noah, we could say Noah. In retrospect, be sure you build that ark right. Yeah, you get Be one sure shot. Buddy. You use GoPro. <laughs> it better work. It better work. <clears throat> so we had better. You better do it that way. Uh, we could say to David, David, be very careful how you handle the ark coming back to Jerusalem. Yes, yes, they learned a hard uh, lesson on they that. They learned the hard way. So these cautionary things are very important. And Moses in this law, he because because Jesus tells his disciples in Luke, uh, I think it's in 24, he says, we must, he said, it behooves us to fulfill 
all Scripture. I perhaps I'm in error on that. Maybe that I think that's where he told John the Baptist, who said, "I need to be baptized of you." But Jesus said, "Well, suffer it to be so for now, because I because we want to fulfill." All righteousness. And what he's talking about is fulfilling every little detail of this Levitical law. law. Yes. Amen. And uh, I might have got a little ahead of myself on that verse. Let me drop back and let me read something from Exodus 12. Excuse me. I'm going to read just a little bit here. Exodus 12. And I'm going to start verse 21. Then Moses called for all the elders of Israel. Now, just as a little, uh, call it a little sidebar, it's it's inescapable. Another uh, uh, fact that uh, Israel was always calling the elders. I don't want to skip over that because... It did not matter. Elders were involved. Yes. Uh, it, it was, you know, there was the one occasion I can recall where they were not involved. It turned out to be a bad situation. And that, of course, was Jeroboam and Rehoboam, and the div- division of the kingdoms. Yes. I have no bone to pick or anything about this, but I thought it. The Lord quickened that to my heart. He called for the elders of Israel, and he said unto them, draw out. And take you a lamb according to your families, and kill the Passover. And ye shall take a bunch of hyssop, and dip it in the blood that is in the basin, and strike the lintel and the two side posts with the blood that is in the basin, and none of you shall go out at the door of his house until the morning. For the Lord will pass through to smite the Egyptians, and when he seeth the blood upon the lintel, And on the two side posts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not suffer the destroyer to come in unto your houses to smite you. This is the Passover. This is the the details concerning what would be called and and still kept in in, in among Jewry, uh, the Passover. He said, he went on, and he said, when I see the blood, verse uh, 23, and when he seeth the blood upon the lintel, when he sees it, mm-hmm. that's interesting because he's putting himself in perspective of seeing something. Let's go back, and I just a little thing I think to, to catch hold of here. In Genesis 1-1, Genesis 1-2, and God said, let there be light. And there was light. Mm-hmm. And God saw the light. Yes. Now, wait. God, who is the light, who makes the light, sees the light. Mm-hmm. What's happening? He's putting himself in perspective to his creation. I think we might have mentioned this in one of our first podcast. But that perspective again shows up here. He sees the blood. And think about think about how this pertains that how that blood is it's not just shed. 
Did you notice? Did you see that it went into a basin? Right. It was collected. Collected. It has some bearing on the fact, and I think your last verse that I had uh, asked, maybe had set for you to read, would be John twenty seventeen. Let me just say what that is. That was where Mary saw Jesus, thought he was the gardener, but then Jesus spoke and said, "Mary," mm-hmm. and Mary. There's no indication how she moved, but she probably apparently moved toward the Lord. And he said, touch me not, mm-hmm. for I have not yet. Do you have it? Yes. Can you, I have not yet ascended. To my father. To my father. Uh, and But go to my brethren yes. and say unto them, I ascend unto my father and your father and to my God and your God. He's taking what he has collected, his blood. His own blood. And he's going to the true tabernacle, which Moses saw in the mount, only the the pattern of it, and only could reproduce on earth with earthly things what Mm -hmm. he saw in, let's call it the heavenly di- uh, dimension. So Jesus is proceeding with his blood uh, to that mercy seat and going to there offer it. And uh, praise God, he does. He offers that blood there. Uh, it's, so this, this Passover, this passing over is something kept in Israel legally. Mm-hmm. But it is truly a depiction of how we again are passed over in judgment by yes. mercy, yes. by blood, by blood, <laughs> by blood atonement. <laughs> Hallelujah! Uh, praise God. So that blood was not just spilled; it was it was collected. Uh, and I thought to ask this question: what what drives our obedience. What what drives our obedience uh, to, and I mean by that, of course, we're talking about how does that blood apply to me? How do I get that blood on me? Yes. Did you ever hear the two voices that are there um, in uh, one of the Gospels there at the crucifixion, at the, one of those false trials? The Jews say, let his blood be on us. Yes, yes. But contrast that with the voice of the church. Let his blood yes, be, be on, on me. Cover me. Cover yes. me. Cover me. Be an atonement for me. What a contrast. Mm-hmm. Those two voices. Uh, so what does drive our obedience to get that blood upon us in water baptism? And that's where it is applied. We'll talk about that further later, perhaps. But uh, is it fright and terror of what happens if I don't obey? Is that what drives my obedience <laughs> to? <laughs> uh, and uh, it's a good question. Or uh, number two, or is it the fear and trembling of love and devotion? that drives us in our obedience to God. It can be expressed in two ways. Obedience, don't you know? You can say, obedience. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Crack the whip. (laughs) Or you can hear it 
Yes, Lord. <laughs> you, I'd bring a husband-wife relationship in. <laughs> if a husband and wife, we were talking about this earlier, a husband said, obey, obey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can you imagine? Well, it happens. I mean, it happens, don't you yes. know? And, or, 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 yes, darling. See, the scripture calls Jesus our darling. Yes. <laughs> he is our darling. Uh, so we can express it uh, in a couple of ways in those two tones, those two different reasons and uh, what they said. Let his blood be on us, you know, was in anger and rejection. Right. right. But we say when we go to baptism, we understand I've brought my sins this far. I've come to this bar of judgment, God, and now won't you let your blood be upon me here in the water? Praise God. And uh, it's a marvelous, wonderful thing to see. In in Exodus 25, God begins with the specifics of the building in that uh, and the furnishings uh, about the legal construction of all those tabernacles and things. And he gave very specific instructions about them, as we said, uh, when you read them, they're difficult sometimes to read. Now, let me read uh, from Hebrews 9. I'll have to turn there. Hebrews chapter 9. What, what, how, what do you, what's your consideration there of that, that offering? As far as... Isn't that glorious? Yes, yes, Absolutely. Amen. I think we start, like he was alluding to before, uh, you know, self-preservation is a very strong thing among our species. Yeah, true. And when we start thinking of spiritual things, of eternal life and death, you know, I think initially, and this happened to me, it may happen to most, that uh, we, oh God, save me, you know, I'm undone without your blood, I'm undone. and yeah. uh, But then... Over the process of time and our relationship with him develops, we fall more in love with him and, you know, uh, realize his love for us, and it becomes more to the other thing you yes. spoke of. You know, yes, instead of that, the uh, instead yeah. of the harsh obedience, obey, yeah. obey, it becomes an act of devotion, more love, love and devotion, and yes, yes, it's <laughs> this this pleases you, God, and I I owe you everything. So yes, I Amen. you know. By all means. Oh, that's good, brother. That's very good. So nine, let's look at nine, verse one. Uh, then verily the first covenant. And I mentioned early on today that the blood is used in making covenant. There are two kinds of covenant. I don't want to go too deeply into this, but there is a conditional covenant and there is an unconditional covenant. The covenant that God has made with man with respect to man's salvation always involves blood. And here it is. We're talking here. Of course, it did happen previously with Abraham when he walked between the pieces of the animals. Yes, I've heard that. That was the striking of the covenant. I've heard that being called cut the covenant. Yes, Yes. and someone could say, well, what about Noah? Well, Noah, before God gave the tenets of that Noah covenant in in Genesis 9, he, uh, Noah, offered burnt sacrifices, Mm -hmm. burnt offerings. Yes. It's interesting. I just was over this. Uh, I found, I think it was 17 new things 
in those two verses wow. when Noah comes out of the ark. Everything <laughs> is new. Yes. And, <laughs> yes. Everything is new, but he offered burnt offerings. It was the first sacrifice in the new world. Mm-hmm. Of all the clean animals. Praise God. He came yes. up as a sweet-smelling savor. Uh, so then verily, verse 1, then verily the first covenant, which is the law, had also ordinances of divine service and a worldly sanctuary. For there was a tabernacle made, the first wherein was the candlestick, the table, the shewbread, which is called the sanctuary. And after the second veil, the tabernacle, which is called the holiest of all. It was compartmentalized, but then there was in the in the smallest portion of that tabernacle or that tent mm-hmm. uh, was the holiest of all. In that holiest of all was the golden censer, the Ark of the Covenant, overlaid round about with gold, wherein was the golden pot that had, had, that had contained the manna and Aaron's rod that budded and the tables of the covenant, mm-hmm. the stones that uh, were written where the law was written on. I could go on here, I'm, and this is, again, we've asked our listeners to look in, into some of these things in Hebrews uh, 9 and 10. So I want to drop down, though, uh, down to verse, uh, I think, yes, let's verse, verse 8. The Holy Ghost, verse 8, the Holy Ghost, this signifying. Now, that's he's speaking about the evidence that is in the previous chapter of the fact that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest. Mm-hmm. Wait, I thought men were going into the holiest of all. Well, they were. High priests the were. One, the one man. Yeah. On the earthly tabernacle. Okay. Not into the heavenly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but not into the true tabernacle, which the Lord pitched, but into this. And uh, the Holy Ghost, which is from page one to the end, is telling us or signifying to us that the way into the most and the highest and the greatest of holiness of all, heavenly, was not yet manifest. Hmm. Jesus Christ was manifest in flesh. Yes. Praise God. But uh, And then, so 9, verse 9, which was a figure for the time then present, in which were offered both gifts and sacrifices that could not make him that did the service, did the service perfect, mm-hmm. complete. Why? Why? As pertaining to the conscience. The conscience of man. The blood of bulls and goats could not affect, would not affect, do not affect. Now, they may affect your sympathy and your pity, mm-hmm. but they do not affect the conscience of man. Where sin is permitted or where sin is stopped, where sin is recognized or where it's ignored, it's that which is inside a man that God gave us. And I actually spoke on this one time, and I remember making... I remember making a mistake. I said something that I've thought many times about. I said this. I said, don't live by your conscience. And I've reviewed that many times. It needed it needed a qualifier mm-hmm. to it. Don't live by your uh, unregenerated conscience. Right, right. 
But certainly live by that awareness and that conscientiousness that we have when we have received the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of, of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, live by that conscience. But, but you see, these offerings did not bring that one who was offering them to perfection or completion right. as pertaining to the conscience. Which, those things which uh, stood only in meats and drinks and diverse washings, carnal ordinances, and imposed on them until the time of Reformation. Right. This is Old Testament law, and these people that were doing it, uh, that was the law. They were fulfilling it, but it almost seems like they were going through the motions, in a sense. Yes. I mean, they they were doing their form of worship to God, yet, you know, from our perspective now, you know, uh, and maybe that's the the. Well, that's not an oversimplification. That that's it was very routine. It yes. was very. In 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 in. Did it really a, change them at all? You know, right. Or did they just, right. Okay, I've I've done my part. You know. <laughs> well, <laughs> no. because of the conscience, right, was not affected. Right. Don't you know that the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, foolishness. but unto us that are saved, it is the power, power of God. God. Ah, praise God. Well, let me go on. Verse 11. But Christ, being come and a high priest of good things to come, by a greater and more perfect tabernacle. Now, we've ascended here into a perfect tabernacle, not made with hands. This is not Moses' tent. Mm -hmm. That is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood. He entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Notice, there was no entrance until he had obtained. Hmm. The obtaining, the obtaining of this precious commodity, which was going to be offered in heaven, Hmm. was spent on earth as a man offered his own blood. For if the blood, verse 13, of bulls and goats uh, and the ashes of an heifer sprinkling uh, the unclean, if it sanctifies to the purifying of the flesh, and it did legally, Mm -hmm. as long as you kept it, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, Purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. (laughs) Hallelujah. Thank God. God. (laughs) Uh, I do have more here. I'm going to skip just a little bit right here, but I'll jump over to... uh, Well, let's let's make this point, I think, is important to understand. Over there in 9.1, I'm not sure I made this this point. In in 9 verse 1... Verse two, um, this uh, this first covenant, it was consecrated by blood. But again, it was the blood of bulls and goats. And mm-hmm. I, I don't mean to be redundant. But now in, in verse fifteen, and for this cause, he's the mediator of the new testament, that by means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the first testament. They which are called might receive the promise of internal inheritance. 
That's immortality, brother. Mm-hmm. That's immortality and life. Uh, for where a testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. Yes. For a testament is of force after men are dead. Otherwise, it is of no strength at all while the testator liveth. Whereupon neither the first testament was dedicated without blood. For when Moses had spoken every precept, after he finished his deliverance of this Levitical system to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of calves and of goats with scarlet, with, uh, with water, with scarlet wool and hyssop and sprinkled both the book. Notice this. He sprinkled the book mm-hmm. and he sprinkled the people with blood saying resolutely, conse- mm-hmm. con- uh, consequentially, forever. This is the blood of the testament which God hath enjoined unto you. Moreover, he sprinkled with blood both the tabernacle and all the vessels of the ministry. <clears throat> Excuse me. And almost all things are by the law purged with blood. I heard someone ask recently about this. It, it, almost all things. Now, there were some things that were purged with water. Mm-hmm. There were some things that were purged with fire. But almost all things are purged by the law, uh, by the law, purged with blood, and without shedding of blood. Notice, Brother Albert, and I know you know it so well. There is no, no remission. remission. No remission of sins. There is yes. no remission, period. It was therefore necessary that the pattern of things in the heavens should be purified with these. But the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices enter the blood. Praise God. Mm -hmm. For Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the true. They're they're replicas of the true, but into heaven itself now to appear in the presence of God for us nor yet that he should offer himself often as the high priest entered into the holy place every year without, with blood of others mm-hmm. uh, for, because that system was very cyclical. It was the yes, same, the day same date every, year. Every, yes. year, every year, every year. For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now, once in the end of the world, hath he appeared to put away sin, by the sacrifice of himself. Amen. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, and after this, the lawgiver brings to judgment. Mm-hmm. And the lawgiver looks at the blood. Yes, thank God. And if that blood is on you, by virtue of having placed it on your lintel and your side posts in, in, in type, you understand? Mm-hmm. He passes over you. Every man is going to go into a judgment. Now, I'm not prepared to talk about the, the judgment seat of Christ. We could. No man is lost there, but it's a valuation. It's a judgment. It's an assessment upon the works, both good and bad, that are done. Mm-hmm. And, and so our truth traveling, <laughs> truth travelers need to understand that, uh, we are not preaching a gospel that will let men sin. Right. He told that lady who he raised from ashes, uh, was caught in the very act, mm-hmm. said, go, go, 
Go, go thy way. Oh, he said, go, 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 go. Sweetheart, go, go. And do and not sin, sin no more. Anymore. Yes. <laughs> In fact, I believe he said that several times. Praise to, God. To people. Oh, thank you, Jesus. But I bring you, I bring you again to John, 1 John 1, 9, which is the provision if you do. If any man, if we confess our sins, he is faithful, faithful and just. <laughs> and he executes justice. Yes. <laughs> and he forgives us of our sins. So Christ was, verse 28, once offered to bear the sins of many. And unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. So the justice isn't just ignored or set aside. Right. Somebody right. paid the price. Somebody thank paid God the price. It wasn't us. And there is a judgment. There is a, a judgment, a, a justice that's going to be applied to the to the element of humanity that has not obeyed, that has not yes. that has not received this offering. How could you not? Once you know about this, yes. I understand what ignorance is. But once you, if you ever come to understand, and this may be the great failure of American religion, I don't know, hmm. because that religion has so quickly in America, if you study it, it moved, moved on from things that we're talking about. Um, sometimes in the interest of self-purpose, self-interest, self, some, some have wanted to prosper on things, and so things have been left out. You can, if you question that statement, you just look at look at how tenets of this gospel that we as apostolics preach till yet today mm-hmm. were left out of some denominal teachings. Why? Why? Where's the justification for that? It's easier to build your own kingdom when you don't. <laughs> right. And nobody's pointing fingers, but mm-hmm. let's get back to the Bible. Right. And so in closing, I'm just... Uh, I we've covered just we've just touched this. I'd encourage readers to read uh, nine and ten of Hebrews and and look closely at the Passover and look closely at at this blood atonement. He has put us at one with Him. But I thought earlier um, I was thinking about the Bible. Uh, in fact, let me let me do this. I'm going to read uh, just a very short little uh, entry that I. Lo- put into my journal a couple days ago, in fact, uh, I, I said this. I said, I have a very close friend, pretty close to me, that has been right with me as I've aged. We often embrace with warmth. Uh, we keep each other close, sometimes two or three times a day. Um with just a little stretch, we can, we can touch each other. We talk. We never argue. I'm usually the last one to speak or say anything. And this friend will not leave me alone. And I'm so happy that that's true. My friend is my Bible. Thank you, Brother Albert, for the privilege it is. I love you, and uh, 
Love the word. Hope we've done yes. justice today to the word. I hope we have. It's something. I, Praise God. Something special. When we, Hallelujah. Uh, we learn, and there is so much. It is so deep and so rich. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we spend the rest of our lives and then some exploring it and digging out <laughs> the, the truth and everything. I just pray God leads us deeper and deeper into it. But um, it's Amen. wonderful to, to know that uh, I was just reminded of Jesus telling us, cast your cares, you know, or was it Jesus? Yes, uh, cast your care Cast upon, your burden upon me. Upon him, for he careth for you. I and think and we, we think about that in the thing of our, you know, our needs that we pray for sickness or something, but or our worries, uh, you know, whether it be depression or sadness or something, but our sin burden, you know, we're either going to carry that to a judgment. Yes. Or we're going to cast it upon him. Yes, precisely. And rely upon what he did for us. Precisely. And I'm, I much would rather, because I know I am wholly and totally inadequate to deal with my sin myself. Amen. You know, I've got to have his blood applied to me. And thank God, when I was nine years old, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I had just enough of a knowledge to go to be, you know, baptized in water Praise God. in the name of Jesus Christ and have his blood applied yes, to my life and yes, my sins, sir. you know, because I'm, I'm undone without <laughs> you it. You know, there's, there's a sense in which when you touch the altar, you touch the blood. Yes. Because that's where he offered it to yes. make atonement for the soul. And really, I'm cautious about this statement, but it's almost as if that's as far as God will come toward you, is to the altar. Mm-hmm. What else can he do? Right. He's not right. going to twist your arm. No, he's given us freedom. He's free put will. it all yes. out there at an altar. And so that when you come to the altar, because that's where it was made, that's where it was offered, that's where he makes a new man. So he's there constantly inviting, always an invitational thing. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. Yes. Uh, and it's we go. The, but when you touch that altar, it's if the you have of covenant <laughs> like with Abraham, you know, praise the, God. Yes. If you have brought your sin, you're touching the blood. Yes. Um, Thank God. I, you know, had this thought, this Bible. I used to do custodial work at the church early on in my walk with God. And I'd find Bibles all over the church. Mm-hmm. Found it interesting. They, <laughs> you know, there aren't any pictures in here. There aren't any photographs. There's mm-hmm. nothing. <laughs> but if you've never noticed, there's some of them are black. Some of them are, I've seen white Bibles. I've, uh, some are blue. I've seen uh, pink. Yes. Pink Bibles. I've seen a few maroon ones. Yes, there you go. But, you know, in whatever color is the lid here when you open it and you unfold it it's all red with blood yes from page one to the last page yes it's filled with red it's the blood of our lord and savior you want to pray brother such a foundational topic 
Thank you, Lord God, for your blood. Thank you, God, for your perfect way, Lord, that you have gone above and beyond, Lord, uh, thank you, to bring Lord, us for the precious, your word, precious your blood, blood, your salvation, offered, Lord God, Lord, sins. that you have come, oh, Lord God, and provided everything power, for our salvation. If we would just work come in the to earth you, and in our meet city, you in an altar, among Lord our God, friends, Lord. touch the blood. I'll let there always be an invitation. Always cover us with in your the name blood, of Lord Jesus, uh, through the blood of the Help Lamb. Us, Lord God. Thank you for to that grow, offering. To get closer I and praise closer you and I love you today. I thank you for your word Lord, today. Lord, send this today Ask where it needs to go. Ask your blessing, Lord, let it upon all that listen let today, it minister Lord God. To the soul and the Touch heart them, of bless them, draw them My closer prayer to today you. in Jesus' name. Protect them in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you all for joining us today on Truth Traveler. As a bit of a postscript, we wanted to include one more passage of Scripture, speaking of atonement and conscience. 1 Peter 3, verses 18 through 21 says, For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit by which also he sent and preached unto the spirits in prison, which sometime before disobedient, when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was a-preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls, were saved by water. The like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us, not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. God bless you. Thank you for joining us today. Send us comments at truthtraveler1, the number one at gmail.com. Check us out on Facebook at the Truth Traveler Podcast. Until next time, this is Brother Albert. Safe travels.